Good evening. Please open your Bibles with me to Malachi chapter 1. A week ago, last Wednesday, I said we'd start a study in Malachi. I'm very thankful and grateful the Lord is pleased to have us continue that this evening. Uh, It's not always the case that someone can say they're going to start and have a message every Wednesday in God's Word in that same book. I'm just glad that He's given me uh, a message here this morning, this evening, and He's blessed me in my study here at Malachi. Now we'll be again reading the entire chapter in its entirety, but uh, I'll be focusing on the last nine verses, verses 6 through 14. Malachi chapter 1. The Burden of the Word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, We are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you? O priests that despise my name, and ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon my altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now, I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do ye kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun even to the, unto the going down of, of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it, in that ye say, The table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. Ye said also, Behold, what a weariness is it, and ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts, and ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, said, saith the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and valeth, and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. Trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to the hearts of his people gathered this evening. 
Uh, before I begin, <clears throat> I would just like to ask the Lord, I pray He'll give me liberty, that He'll give me unction of the Holy Spirit. I uh, heard some of the men speaking before the service, and I have no doubt this is a true testimony, but uh, I understand there was a pastor who uh, was losing his eyesight. He went up behind the pulpit, and for no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't read his notes. And afterwards, uh, the member of that congregation said, that was uh, the best message we've ever heard you preach. We wish you had lost your eyesight sooner. <laughs> and uh, that is an agreement with what I was medita- meditating upon. I heard two messages, something like that, and I was wondering when uh, one of the men is going to come up, come up here and take away my iPad <laughs> and have me just read uh, from the message that the Lord has put on my heart rather than the, the messages on this note, this iPad. Well, it's His Word that blesses His people. That's where the power is. Now, Malachi was a prophet sent by God to speak in His name as His voice to Israel after they returned from the captivity in Babylon. Malachi had accomplished the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem He had begun again the sacrifices and the ordinances of divine worship was restored. Now this message was given to Malachi shortly after the time of Nehemiah. And in reading Nehemiah, you can see the corruption of the people. Nehemiah declares, Why is the house of God forsaken? For the priesthood was profaned. Nehemiah says in another place, Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Israel had formed alliances with pagan nations, which resulted in confusion in their lives and in the worship to God, their worship to God. There was, at this time, great negligence concerning the house of God. Nehemiah says in another place, I have perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled every one to his field. Then contended I with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in a place, then brought all Judah the tithe of the corn and the new wine and the oil unto the treasuries. All they did in praise seemed to be nothing more than something superficial. Their religion was nothing but a ritual, a ceremony, a, a going through the motions, if you will. They went through the motions that religious people go through, believing that they were praising God. But as our Lord declared, This people drieth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Just like today, the people of Malachi's day who claimed and pretended to be worshippers of God were lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Then along comes Malachi with the message of God. His name means messenger of God. We do not know more of him. He was sent of God with the message of God to the people of God in their day. Now, I'm going to drink some water here before my tongue sticks to my mouth. Um, I'd like to just go over just briefly... what we looked at last Wednesday and I trust that God's people there saw by his undeserved grace 
the Lord's message. The gospel of our salvation is not a message that comes to us in word only, but comes in power. And to hear him say, I will do all my pleasure, he makes us to know that Christ is our God, and we have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This message brings with it the Lord's blessing. It's uh, burdensome indeed to, to the unbelieving, but refreshing to saints. To the one, the burden of the Lord is the savor of death unto death, and to the other, the savor of life unto life. Who is sufficient for these things? And with this burden, the Lord's messenger is sent. The Lord's messenger is not a man who brings his own message, but rather one who brings the message of God, the gospel of his sovereign grace and purpose in Christ. The messenger sent to the Lord tells us plainly the Lord's motive for making us to see his salvation, for his great love wherewith he loved us. That is the only reason why anyone is saved, for his great love wherewith he has loved us. For by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. And the Lord shall save. This is the Lord's promise, that the prophets of the Old Testament declare that he shall spare the poor needy and shall save the souls of his needy people. His messengers tell us, beloved, that you or rather in, the, in this Old Testament dispensation, they declared, your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, the Lord be magnified from the border of Israel, the sanctifying border of Israel. And in the New Testament, our blessed Lord condescends to tell us, we have in the person of our blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are made to see him and say, by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Those found to be the objects of his distinguishing love in, in, in Christ. The Old Testament declares we have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him and we will be glad and rejoice in his, in, in, in his salvation. And in the New Testament, we hear the good news of Christ that God hath saved us. I love it when you look at the Old Testament, you see all those shall turns into hath. It's the, the gospel good news that he has for us below for he tells us blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god what mystery is this he tells the pharisees the father himself which has sent me hath borne witness of me you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape but he condescends to tell us beloved his people that we have heard his voice and seen his shape, for he tells his people, He that has seen me has seen the Father. Why are the sons of Jacob, the son of Jacob, Philip, and you, beloved, made to see him, made to hear him? Because, beloved, our Lord's love is a distinguishing love. He has loved us with an everlasting love, and, beloved, his name shall be magnified. We hear in our portion the Lord telling us two times, my name shall be great. So I've titled this message, I suppose it could be one of two titles, My Name Shall Be Great, or we could say, His Name Is Great. <laughs> it is my prayer and hope that I would hold to your view once again the blessed person 
and finished saving work of our dear Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, looking at the remainder of our portion this evening. Two times in this portion, our Lord tells us his name shall be great. And I pray that the Lord will will bless us as we look at three things. First, a polluted offering. Second, a pure offering. And lastly, a pleasing offering for our great king. We read in verse 6, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you? O priests that despise my name, and ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. What a thing here is said of the total depravity of man. Even in the pretense of worship, all that he does, he does in hatred in enmity toward the Lord. As under the law, whatever was blemished was rejected. So in the gospel, all offerings but one, the perfect offering of the Lord Jesus Christ is without blemish and accepted. Which these Old Testament sacrifices were, were to have typified. But what they offered did not typify the spotless Lamb of God. In verse 8, we continue reading here, And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? All that we read here is talking about the filthy rag, so-called righteousness of man. If I had a filthy rag here, not one of us worms would want to touch it, much less our Lord and God. Once again here in this passage, the total depravity of man is seen. For a man left to himself will ever regard his so-called righteousness to be a fair and white and altogether lovely thing. God must show him his dreadful holiness and show him that all his righteousness is a corrupt thing, a filthy rag. Verse 9, And now I pray you beseech God that he will be gracious unto us, this hath been by your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts? Well, the plain answer to that is no. If you or I or anyone else comes before the throne of God by their own means, God will not accept it. And this is what the people were, of God were doing. Rather than bringing an offering that pointed to the spotless Lamb of God, their offerings were polluted. Offerings of animals that didn't picture the spotless Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the promised Savior. Instead, they brought that which typified themselves. They brought the blind. The blind. Before the Lord does a work of grace in us, we are blind to God. But blessed be the Lord, He makes us to see, and all His people shall see, and shall say, The Lord be magnified. The spiritual blind don't know they're blind. Do you remember what our Lord said before those who were spiritually blind? If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, we see, therefore your sin remaineth. Beloved, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But by God's undeserved grace, we are made to see that all 
we have to offer our God is our sin. Blessed be the Lord when He shows us by His grace, He shows us that through our, though our sin be made His, when He shows us by His grace what we are, He makes us to see that our sin has been made His and His righteousness has been made ours. And not only did they bring the blind, they brought the lame and the sick. Before the Lord does a work of grace in us, we are lame to God. But blessed be the Lord, He makes us willing in the day of His power. And beloved, His day of power is an eternal day. (laughs) It's just not one day way back in 19-whatever. It's an eternal day. And in that eternal day, He keeps us and makes us His disciples. His disciples, beloved, follow Him. What an evil thing it was to bring an animal that was lame. This didn't picture the Lord. He has all power in heaven and earth, power to keep us till it be His exceeding joy to present us faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, beloved. He keeps you from falling. And what an evil thing to bring an animal that was sick to portray Him who would come to heal the sickness of His people, their sin. He said, They that behold thee not a physician, but they that are sick, which was an allusion to the gospel promise of his angel, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Beloved, we don't bring the sacrifice of praise that points to anything we have done. I remember uh, a dear friend of mine, he's a faithful minister of the gospel, was asking out loud, do you feel better? You know, little, are you comforted by what you've, that you read your Bible today? that you did your devotion? Do you, are you feeling better about yourself because you handed out a gospel tract or you were a witness for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ? He called all those things feeling better by what we do. <laughs> Idolatry. And that's exactly right. The only comfort we have, beloved, is the comfort in seeing that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has accomplished our salvation. We don't bring the sacrifice of praise that points to anything we have done. We don't beseech God by any polluted offering that points to anything in us or in any other man save one. He who had by himself purged our sins, he who sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is he who said it, it, it he who said it, it he that accomplished the salvation of his, his people. He said it is finished. The sacrifices of our praise point only to one sacrifice, the finished saving sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not by our means, it is by His, for salvation is of the Lord. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 12. Beginning in verse 20. There were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida, of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life, life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Our God will be gracious unto us, beloved, through the sacrifice of his means, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? The prophet Malachi declares, Neither do ye kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. Friend, he will not accept an offering of your hand. You have nothing in your hand to bring. Israel, look to Christ. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. All Israel... All those within the sanctifying border of His grace in Christ will be saved, saved by His hand. Beloved, the Lord will not accept an offering at your hand. Beloved, look away from your hand to the hand that offers a pure sacrifice of His doing and dying once and for all. It's not by your hand, beloved. Turn with me and see and rejoice with me and be comforted by the hand that He'll receive that sacrifice. Isaiah chapter 40. It's in these little details that the Lord comforts His people. He shows us in Malachi the wickedness of this unbelieving people that brought things of their own hand and that was not picturing what was the promise of the gospel here contained for us in Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A pure offering, not a polluted offering, beloved. It's a, it's a pure offering. In Malachi chapter 11, or chapter 1, we'll keep reading verse 11. For the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it, in that ye say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. Notice he declares, My name shall be great. It's mentioned twice. And notice a pure offering is mentioned here, by which his name shall be great amongst the heathen. Beloved, what a blessing tis to hear what we have received of the Lord's hand. We have received of the Lord's hand double for all our sins. This double payment mentioned by Isaiah speaks of the pure offering mentioned in our text in Malachi. Theologians refer to the pure offering as the uh, 
active obedience and passive obedience of Christ. That sounds very confusing. Um, Isaiah mentions it much more plainly, the double payment of the Lord. But what is it talking about? What is this uh, double payment? Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, beloved, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ has taken away all our sins. But the gospel is much more than this. It is not just that. (laughs) But much more, beloved. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son, but much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. He has established not only an atonement for our sin, but he has established a perfect righteousness here on the earth on behalf of all his people. And it is this pure offering by which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The sin that Isaiah mentions is um, transgression of the law. Iniquity is when we try and reconcile ourselves back to God through, through our doing, our so-called righteousness. And the Lord has taken away both of these offenses before him through the doing and the dying of our Lord and Savior. This is the, the double payment of the gospel, that not only are we our sins forgiven through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he has established our righteousness through his righteous doing on the earth through his life. Keep reading here in verse 11 in Malachi. For my name shall be great amongst the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. This uh, word, great, I've noticed in the the world of sports, when uh, greatness is spoken of, that it's always in reference to to one. Uh, For example, uh, some of you are basketball fans, I take it, I'm not much of a basketball fan. But I understand that the NBA states that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. The Canadian NHL hockey player, no, he's not from Los Angeles. (laughs) He's a Canadian. Wayne Gretzky, he was nicknamed the Great One and has been called the greatest hockey player ever. And someone might justly say, who cares? (laughs) And, And you'd be right, who cares? But I believe it might help someone here understand that when we speak of great, we're speaking of one. Beloved, there is only one name that shall be great. Our Lord tells us by the prophet two times. My name shall be great among the heathen. He tells us that his name shall be great among the nations. What does this speak of? Turn with me to the book of Acts. 
chapter 4. And beginning in verse 10. Be it known unto you all and unto all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, in any other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And turn with me over to Philippians chapter 2. Verse 10, we read, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We'll just turn over back over to Malachi and we'll continue here. Keep reading in verse 13. You said also, Behold what a weariness it is, and ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts, and ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick, thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male, and voweth and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. All we can offer of our own hand is what is described here. Those things which are torn, things that are lame, and things that are sick. Beloved, the only offering that is pleasing to our great king is the one pure and perfect offering of Christ. This is the one offering by which we come to our Heavenly Father to be accepted. All else would be rejected. Would you accept a filthy rag? How much less God? Friend, don't wait. Don't be among the the cursed. God has provided himself a lamb, a well-pleasing lamb in whom he is well-pleased. If you go to hell... God will not be blamed. It will be because you neglected so great a salvation. Friend, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Beloved, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Tonight by his word, lest at any time we should let them slip. In this chapter of Malachi, what may, what may be seen firstly is that by which we shall never be saved, a polluted offering. Speaking of the reprobate, the Esau's in this world, Edom, the sons of Esau, they ever bring that which is polluted, an offering that speaks of their hands. 
Jerusalem, ye sons of Jacob, God has given you grace to see that it is not that He's not pleased in you. That's grace. If God shows you by His undeserved grace that He's not pleased in you, that's that's grace. But He won't just leave you there. You'll have your eyes to turn and behold His beloved Son. For He says from a voice from heaven, This is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And it is only those who are found in Christ who are well pleasing in His sight. He says by the prophet Malachi, I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. He keeps on saying this, 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 your hand. There are people in this world who will ever bring their own, what is in their hand. They'll think it's something that will commend them to the Lord, but they have nothing. We have nothing to commend ourselves to our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. And it ought to cause us reverent fear. Lord, we read in your word of Israel and Edom, of Jacob and Esau. We read of vessels of mercy and vessels of wrath. We read of the tares and of the wheat and this fearful difference, and I say it reverently, is in every local church. Secondly, in our portion of Malachi, God's people may see that there is a pure offering. This is the pure offering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's people may see that, that His name is great by which, is, may see that, that great name by which we must be saved. For He tells us by the prophet Malachi, My name shall be great amongst the heathen. And He tells us why His name shall be great among the nations. By a perfect offering, a pure offering, beloved. The offering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ which these offerings in Malachi should have pictured, that of the perfect spotless Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. What good news, beloved, not that we give of our hand to our great King, but that we have received of His hand double for all our sins and iniquity. Beloved, He has accomplished our salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men by whereby we must be saved. God give you grace to have the fruit of the lips of his people. Peace, peace to him that is far off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord, I will heal him. What must you do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Believe on the one he sent. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. By his one and perfect sacrifice, he has himself purged our sins. God give us grace to believe it, that he hath made his people complete in himself (laughs) through his doing and dying. 